0: hello and welcome to who books that with harrison greenbaum i'm your host harrison greenbaum and as always this is presented by the international brotherhood of magicians a huge shout out to them and if you'd like to join the international brotherhood of magicians or extend your membership just go to magician.org join the ibm join dash the dash ibm slash join it's really really easy and if you'd like to follow me on social media you just got to go to at Harrison comedy on Twitter or Instagram. This show is every Monday and Wednesday at 7 PM. If you're on the East coast, 4 PM, if you're on the West coast, we took Monday off because I've done over 25 hours of original, uh, interview content. I, uh, not only host the show, but I also produce it and write it and research it. Um, there will be, uh, no episode this Monday coming up because it's Memorial day weekend, but then we're back to our twice a week schedule starting Wednesday. And next Wednesday, our guest is Larry Wilmore, uh, an incredibly, uh, Amazing writer, executive producer of shows like Blackish and the Bernie Mac Show, and a magician. He was the host of the AMA Awards, the Academy of Magical Arts Awards, uh, a couple of years ago. So we're very excited to have him. But tonight, oh my gosh, guys, uh, and before we get to that, by the way, before we get to our main guest, I should mention that this show is also available as a podcast. Uh, So you just got to go to Apple Music. Uh, or go to whobooksthat.com and you can download every one of these episodes as an audio-only podcast. So if you are cleaning up around the house or running laps uh, just in your living room, keeping safe social distance, uh, you can put in the uh, AirPods and listen to this as an audio-only podcast, whobooksthat.com. But now let's get to our guest, the uh, man of the hour and 15 minutes or so. Uh, This guy, I first encountered him as a kid, as I think a lot of us did, on the Easy to Master Card Miracles VHS tape. I had on VHS, I had to rewind it over and over again. Um, I remember uh, the pe- people, pe- people who are watching this who are younger do not even know what I'm talking about, but we did have to rewind the tapes to rewatch the explanation and make sure we got it correct. And I went to Tannen's Magic Camp my first year with a routine made up almost entirely of tricks that I had learned from the Easy to Master Card Miracle series and had my butt handed to me because everybody... Had that series. Uh, he's an extraordinary magician, one of the most award-winning and renowned magicians in the world in history, and is also one of the best magic teachers around. I am so excited to have him on the show. I can't wait to bring him on. Make some noise, get excited from your apartment and our home. Give it up for Michael Lamar, everybody!
1: Wow, Harrison, you're quite How a guy, you doing, man. Sir? You me away. <laughs> you're wonderful. Oh, I'm
0: trying. I make sure to wear the uh, my Michael Amar black T-shirt.
1: I love your costume designer. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, we have a lot of shout outs already from people. We have people watching from Springfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, we have people who are watching, uh, who also watched on VHS over and over again. So you have tons of friends from all over. And if you have questions, if you're watching, uh, make sure you put those comments uh, on Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube, and we'll be able to address them during the show. Michael, how are you doing? How has uh, How has Florida been treating you?
1: it's been great. It's really been great. You know, we live in a really family oriented neighborhood and uh, it's been a great place to raise the kids. And uh, I love it.
0: That's awesome. And you, you've been all over the place. So you grew up in West Virginia, you made your way to Texas, then Los Angeles, Las Vegas, uh, and now finally uh, in Florida. Uh, Right. Your journey has been
1: unbelievable. Well done. You're a very (laughs) well-researched, Uh, interviewer, I gotta say, <laughs> I try, I do my best, um, but I want to, I guess, start with the
0: '80s because the '80s was a crazy time for Michael Lamar. Uh, you uh, won six awards from the AMA: two in close-up, two as lecturer, and two as parlor. So you're you're in Los Angeles, yeah. killing it there. You're about to and go to Vegas for the Caesar's Magical that was back Empire. When it meant something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. and you also won in uh, the early '80s uh, a gold medal in close-up magic. So what, yeah. how did you get to that point and what was that decade like for you?
1: Wow, you know, uh, I tell you, one of, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, I'm not sure who discovered water, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't fish. And, uh, <laughs> because they're immersed in it and they're, and they're not sure what it is. Uh, and and I was just immersed in it at the time and hardly aware of, of the big picture uh, going on and just uh, I'm amazed that I could go to these places and. and you know, meet the guys whose books I was reading, and and uh, it was it was all really a, a whirlwind. You know, um, the idea of going to FISM in '82 uh, just seemed like such a fantasy effort. Um, but um, and how do you yeah.
0: prepare for that? I mean, uh, for those who are not magicians watching, that's the Olympics of magic. Only one other American had won before. I think Johnny Palmer won in the 80s and Lance Burden won in the 80s, but it was very rare for Americans to win, especially in in close-up. So what was the mentality in preparing for such a crazy competition?
1: Yeah, you know, I guess um, one thing I kept telling myself was that it's it's not really competing against other guys, you know, because it's so subjective. You know, I I just uh, had in mind what I wanted to do. And my goal is to go out and and, and do that well, uh, you know, and, and not really drop the ball in the middle of the performance uh, and 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 not not really worry so much about, you know how judged out because you know I, I just you know, I was young, but I also knew it's it's not like a sporting event where you count the baskets and and it's real clear who the winner is. You know, and, and if there's any question about it, you go back and you, you watch the video and you count again. And it's like, well, there you, this is the guy that won. So I, I knew that it could just be a matter of somebody really being on uh, or whatever or being more experienced or something like that. So my goal was really, you know, not to compete against anybody but just to, to try to do what I wanted to do uh, as well as I hoped I could.
0: That's awesome. I'm noticing that as a trend because I asked Shin Lim about it as well, and he said something similar, which was you focus on just what you're doing and don't worry about anything else. You imagine you're going to be the winner walking in and everything else falls into place. So it's, it's nice to hear that that's a similar mentality.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, you can't, it, it because it's it's not like a, a boxing match and, and you have to be aware of what this other guy's doing and and how he's training and, and what his style is. Um, and know, it's a magic limit.
0: You don't need to be physically fit at all. Yeah, that was the good part. <laughs> uh,
1: and, and so that-, that If is there was a weight limit to magic
0: competitions, I don't think anybody would be allowed to compete. That's why we all wear black. <laughs> that's,
1: that's, uh... Yeah. And, but it also calms your nerves uh, to know that it's, it's not you against somebody, you know, it's, it's, it's you against yourself, you know, and how well prepared are you? And are you comfortable enough to go out there and, and deliver the goods without uh, freaking out? And, um, and, and also, but, but at the same time, um, if you do win, You know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're the best in the world. That just means that just means you you got the points on that contest, you know, and uh, so it it helps you to be humble if you win and and helps you to be okay if you don't. So I think it's a good attitude. It's It's a safe attitude.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if this is a related question, but I believe by the 80s when you're having all the you're winning all these awards, you already had the signature mustache. Do you attribute any of the excess success to that mustache? (sighs)
1: Ah, probably 80%. (laughs) I
0: I did a lot of digging, and I was only able to find one picture of you, sans mustache. There you practicing with cups and balls.
1: That, I know that, that that, was 1977 or 78 at the uh, Tommy Windsor, that was the first time I performed at a magic convention, the Tommy Windsor convention. In, in Parkersburg, West Virginia, you know that's funny, <laughs> and and if, if you can see there, um, I loaded an extra cup uh, <laughs> as, as part of the final loads, uh, you know, and uh, and that that's why the center one's taller there. Um, but uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's funny. <laughs>
0: that's and also I think I think in the late eighties is that when you met your wife Hannah as well?
1: Yeah, you know I, I met Hannah through her mother, uh, Frances Willard. It was at uh, Di Vernon's uh, birthday party. It was maybe, oh, 1983 uh, at the time. And she was only like 16 uh, at the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I and I would run into- And you waited uh, very patiently two years. I, I did. Well, actually, uh, every time I would see her mother, you know, I would say, so how old's your daughter now? And uh, then uh, in 88, I saw her at the uh, awards banquet at the Magic Castle. And uh, I go over and say, so how you doing? Go, how old are you now? 21. <laughs> hey, you want to go out to lunch uh, on Monday? <laughs> and what is and, that like? Um,
0: she's part of a She's part of a magic dynasty. The Willards go back generations. Her great-grandfather, was uh, a yeah. was a was a willard all the way the wizard. I have a couple <laughs> of pictures of uh this one is oh that's that's you and Hannah uh, look at uh, the, the most current <laughs> willard um but that is uh I believe Harry Willard and Harry the most right extraordinary there. mustache I've ever seen so that might have been like you in
1: well yeah it was funny you know and uh, Frances uh saw that we were getting serious you know she used to Joke me, as "Yeah, you're not doing this just to get to this family secrets, are you?" And, <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I actually I, I had read the, the book uh, by Bev Bergeron, um, but I I didn't understand the full impact that Willard had on uh, you know the whole region that he toured in. But uh, later, once I started doing magic lectures. I would go through that Texas, Louisiana um, area and the, all these magicians uh, would come say uh, to Hannah, oh, I knew your grandfather. And, <laughs> and uh, they would say, uh, tell her a little story about it. And several times while they were telling it, they go, oh, look, the, the hair still raises on my arm uh, <laughs> when, I, when I think about this. And, and so you start to realize, hey, this guy must really have been a powerful uh, performer. And um, and, and uh, then I started reading the Hugh Guard's Magic Monthlies, which was the magazine that was published during that time. And in some of the uh, columns, they would talk about having gone to see Harry Willard's show and, and how they felt like this this guy is probably the greatest performer in the world right now. And what he would do, he would take the, and I heard he did it, you know, the tent show. And I thought, oh, that's nice. He's got a tent, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but come to find out, it was like seats 3,000 people, you know, and takes like four 18-wheelers to set this thing up. And um, they would go Which into it. In 2020, by
0: the way, they call that the source of the outbreak.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, on a Monday... Yeah, so they would set up the show on Sunday, and they would uh, do a, a two-hour show on Monday, to a different one Tuesday, different one Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and say so six two-hour shows, uh, so that they could do it all in this for the same little town, and then they would uh, break the tent down and, and travel to the next city, and and you know it was really towns, <laughs> and put this tent up, and it must have been an unbelievable experience, you know?
2: Well,
1: was case,
0: that, what was it like? Cause you came from a muggle family, so to speak. Uh, and she, her whole family is surrounded by magic. Was there's did you notice sort of a difference in, cause I guess normally when you meet, like when I met my girlfriend's parents and I had to tell them I was a magician and a comedian, that's probably a lot harder than telling a magical family, like, by the way, I'm, I'm one of you.
1: Right. No, it was the only family that you can imagine. So, oh, he's a magician? That's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, Frances uh, also w- had a little thing about teaching magic. You know, and when she grew up, it was all about the secrets. And uh, she remembers the day that uh, her father drugged these illusions out of the barn and, and set them on fire. Uh, in the front yard and he he says I'm not going to perform these anymore I don't want them sitting around so that people can discover the secrets to these things so for her it was it's a big deal and and all the kids were in the show doing different effects and you only knew the secret to the effect that you were in you you didn't know how the other tricks were done and it was that that kind of a, a big secret so it was really you know francis when the mass magician came along i mean to her that was biblical you right. know just like they, they wrote about this in the bible they said in the in the end days this is the, all the secrets will be revealed you know so uh, you know so it's it was a different attitude uh, about the secrets you know so it, it took her a while to get used to the idea of 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 of, of being a teacher
0: right i was going to say cuz you're famously one of the best magic teachers probably that's ever been uh, you're hugely influential, uh, easy to master car miracles was, it still is one of the standards and all the other, I mean, uh, all the tricks and things that you've come out with. How how do you, re- for, for her, how do you explain, you know, the giving away of the secrets to a degree in order to teach these kind of
1: things? Yeah, you know, uh, it was more just a slow realization that uh, this is how magicians learn. You, they have to, have somebody and then these aren't being exposed on television or anything like that this is only promoted inside the industry and and, and slowly but surely she started once she saw a few lectures and, and and the fact that these guys really respected the the medium and all that stuff you know she slowly started to understand that um, that, that it, it wasn't the the evil wicked thing that you know, <laughs> she, she suspected it might have been.
0: And I think you got to participate in a Willard trick. I have a picture over here. This is the spirit cabinet. Holy
1: cow. Holy cow. My goodness. You know, um, it's funny. Hannah was lear- relearned it. We were going to perform the spirit cabinet for the first time uh, at the Magic Castle starting like March 16th. Uh, we were booked uh, at It's Magic like March the 14th. Uh, we're going to start the week at the castle on the 16th. And the 16th was the day that they closed the castle because of the oh whole virus thing. But, um, we were so psyched to perform this thing because we'd been working on it for three months here. And, um, you know, the, the, we had gone, whether virus or no virus, man, we were, we were ready for the stage, disappointed when they canceled. Um, you know, it's, um. You know, I teased her, I said, you know, you, you just wanted to be nailed by two guys, three times a night, you know, <laughs> nailed to the board, right? <laughs> you know? It was funny, I was sitting with Tom Mullica one time watching uh, Francis perform and, uh, you know, and he leans over and goes, I wonder how many people have nailed Francis. You know, <laughs> I was oh my like, God, um, <laughs> that's my mother-in-law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you got to hang out with a lot of
0: the, like, the, the, the greats. Like uh, I know Di Vernon and you had a, a close friendship uh, what what
1: yeah. was, that, was that? I imagine that was hugely influential. It was like a dream. It was like a dream. You know, I mean, uh, growing up in West Virginia, I, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I felt pretty isolated. There wasn't even a magic shop in in the state. You know, and so I would just read these magic magazines and these magic books, and and these guys. You know, were legends, and the idea that you can actually go to a convention and meet this guy was just unbelievable to me. And, uh, you know, I would go to the Las Vegas Magic Seminars uh, in the late 70s, you know, that would feature Vernon and Slidini. And I I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, But boy, I tell you, I I found those guys as as soon as I got there, where is this guy? And uh, and I just kind of hung out as close I could eventually say, oh, so what's your name, you know? Um, <laughs> well, that's a good impression. <laughs> right. So it was really just a matter of, you know, I, you know, I, I tried to find him. I wanted to perform for him and, um, and was just amazed that they were receptive to it. Yeah. And
0: I guess we're walking into, so you, you were lecturing all around the world. You had a, you were winning uh lecturer of the year, 82, 83 with the AMA. Uh, tell walk us through Easy to Master Car Miracles, because that, that it feels seminal to me. It feels like a, a masterwork that is that that influenced so many people. So was, did you know going into it that it was gonna have such a huge effect?
1: No, actually by the end of the 80s, uh, video had gotten kind of a bad rep. Uh, as a learning medium because they were expensive. Uh, Guys were afraid to put their secrets on there. They thought people would memorize every move and every word that they said. Uh, And so they were like $75 an hour and nobody really used the medium well. It was just a a filmed lecture. Uh, And so it wasn't like an audience or a performance. Uh, They're just kind of performing and talking to the camera. and, And, People really just kind of felt, okay, so this is it's it's not a great medium for learning. Books were still considered you know the epitome of of the learning experience
0: right. I've heard that um, there was a little bit of a controversy that some people wanted those tricks to stay in books and you were taking them out and sort of selecting the best ones, making it really easy to get sort of the best effect from each book all in one place
1: right. Well, you know, uh, I had released the, the book, The Magic of Michael Lamar, and this uh, was a, a big seller, and Lewis wanted to, uh, to put it on video. He said, well, let's produce some videos and uh, do this stuff on video. And it's like, you know, uh, I tell you what would be really cool. What, what if you did a video and all the tricks were great? <laughs> right? All the tricks were great. Now, if I do the magic of Michael Lamb, well, there'd be a couple of good ones on there. There'd be some filler stuff on there, you know, but just imagine what if every trick was great. I used to it love confirmed. that magic
0: store, they would give me a book or, or DVD and be like, wow, tricks three and six are worth it alone. And that always was like, those are the good ones. You could skip all the other ones.
1: Right. And, and it got to where the goal started to be. You know, they say, oh, if you get one good trick, out of the book or something like that, that's worth the price. And so I kind of started thinking, oh, you only have to have one or two good tricks in there to, <laughs> to sell the book. But I thought, what if they're all good and, and you have a live audience, so they get to see the reaction and then you used the medium, you know, to do slow motion and over the shoulder stuff, you know, and then, and price it reasonably. Uh, you know, like thirty dollars for for you know twelve tricks, um, and yeah. So we had no idea that um, how, how big the marketplace could be, um, but it was a real surprise how well it sold, and so naturally, you know, so, well, let's let's do this again. Um, but also, you know, we also I had also done a, some other videos with. Uh, Hanson Video Onyx in Newfoundland in the early '80s. Uh, I did something with um, Joe Stevens, uh, and you know, I, I started thinking, you know, if we really do what we're thinking about transitioning this this stuff from print onto video, it's a it's a responsibility to make sure that the credit is there and we better have permission too you know so we better make sure that we get we have the guys' permission uh, to put this stuff on here and let's give good credits because if if you don't and now it's on video and they're learning it from video, they just think it's your trick right you know and, and so we really felt a responsibility uh, you know whether we knew it was going to be a big seller or not. but uh, it was a it was a big surprise how, how well it sold.
0: Yeah, Susan Zeller, who's watching right now, she mentioned she loved the slow motion practice sessions and the usual participants. But I think a lot of people love because you, you, you had the same audience members. How did you find those guys? And what was it like performing for the same small group over and over again?
1: Well, you know, it was filmed in Lake Tahoe. So to find an audience, uh, Lewis had to run. Uh, ads in the newspaper uh, to come and see this free magic show, and we'll give you we'll give you fifty dollars, and uh, and so a number of people would come, and you know the first ones we hired models. <laughs> you know, these, these were like female models, and and um, and yeah. I think anybody watching walking. the tape is
0: like, my audiences are not this attractive all the time,
1: right? And and, <laughs> and so we said, well, you know, this, we better find at least one guy to sit in here. And some guy who <laughs> was walking by, and we said, hey, you want to see some magic? Come on in. And, uh, That's so, the best uh, pitch ever. That Learn the, the tricks. To be surrounded by models, <laughs> right? And uh, but then he started filming other guys, and started you know doing this advertising. To find people and he started finding the people that were good reactors uh, okay you want to and he would make a point of inviting those guys back and he had a he produced a lot of videos, so he had a chance to really find good reactors and, and and some of them were really good like dave uh is in this shot yeah <laughs> uh, the, and uh, and it got to where lewis used to you know, use that as the bait to get some of these guys. I tell you what, I'll, get, I'll bring Dave in uh, to be your audience.
0: You bring that guy in? Okay. I think Dave would be famous. If he walked around a Magic Convention, he, people would absolutely go crazy.
1: Actually, they, one year at Magic Live, they had a handful of those guys hanging out at the L&O booth. And it was like they, they were celebrities. People were signing, you know, they were signing autographs and everything. That's so cool. <laughs> Right, so I they actually became oh, no, they were on a bunch of videos, you know. So uh, th- these guys were well known, you know.
0: And the cover art was also f- tremendous. Um, We had, and th- and this was great. This is just showing the the green screening that's happening pre CGI. You beat the Marvel movies to it by at least twenty years. Um, yeah, yeah. Very very sensual cover art. I enjoy the uh, the the seriousness. Uh, I did notice, by the way, so there's, this was from the uh, the Business Card Miracles. I found mm-hmm. this promo shot. Oh, there's, this is uh, seven, eight, and nine. In, in yeah, nine, yeah. you look a little bit at that point that you are no longer happy about taking the I'm photo. I'm really
1: shot. getting tired of making these, <laughs> these videos, <laughs> these, these doing this photo shoot. So yeah, my, my volume nine is like, I don't know, what about
0: this, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: This was like the last photo in the roll. We were like, are we done? Are we right, done? right. <laughs> Uh, I, th- here's the whole series, but I found this photo which I love, and my oh, girlfriend and I that. yesterday tried to replicate this promo photo on my roof, and it turns right. out the position that your body is in is very, very hard. Um, I also right. I- look at that.
1: Here we go. Now oh. it's a perfect match. <laughs> now it's good.
0: <laughs> but for those who are watching at home, this is what it looks like from the other side. <laughs> right. So how did how did this shot come about? Because it is uh it is remarkable.
1: Uh, I think that was a take on a Bruce Springsteen cover uh, to one of his albums. You know, he had the guitar on his back and he's just kind of looking behind him, you know, and it's like, well, that would be cool if somehow, maybe I got a deck of cards in my back pocket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. A bunch of people, by the way, keep uh, mentioning in the comments, they're asking about uh, the Bahamas book, uh, Magical uh, Magic Hedonist. And I I was at a convention with you back in Orlando, and you started telling me the story about this. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with the viewers, how did that book in particular come about?
1: Yeah, that was the motivation behind that. Look at that! Oh, and some some guy did a um, a book that was spoofed on that. It was brainstorming in my pajamas, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> laying on a thing in his pajamas, and, and but. Um, uh, the idea was uh, let's see napoleon hills think and grow rich had uh, uh, the mastermind group you know and the, and the idea is if you get together with uh, you know like-minded individuals and you you brainstorm you can your your creativity kind of synergizes and snowballs and and that was basically the idea let's let's form like this mastermind group and um you know uh, go and create stuff and, and, and if that works, we can go to other places and, and do it. And yeah, that was, that was the, the basic idea. Let's get together with, with people we like, people that we respect, and and see if just being together for a week won't develop enough creativity to, you know, uh, produce a book, you know, maybe we'll even pay for the can pay for the vacation and, and <laughs> have enough to do it again. <laughs> that
0: was the way I heard it was that it was a, a good way to write off the Bahamas trip too, because you get to uh, you could have done this book anywhere you wanted, but you picked a fantastic vacation destination.
1: That was that was Bill Hurz's thinking. You know, <laughs> at the time, Bill Hurz was was booking club meds, and uh, you know, he said, "Oh, you know, if you guys want to do this, I can get you gigs at these." Uh, a couple of club meds. You go three or four days in one club med, then you go to the next one, do three or four days, and uh, you can perform your stuff for the people at the at the uh, at the club. And yeah, so that was uh, thanks to Bill Hers and his, you know, connections. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, yeah. You've
0: traveled all over the world. You performed in television in many countries. Uh, this is actually presented by the International Brotherhood of Magicians, and I hear. Uh, that you are an honorary charter member of the IBM of Russia.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we, we opened that club uh, in Russia. And boy, what a wonderful experience that was to get to go to Russia. That's before the wall came down. And it was just, yeah, very amazing. Look at that. Gosh, <laughs> you know, uh, Gary Butler uh, financed it and uh, we took like 500 decks of cards to, to give to the magicians and, and uh, which was really amazing because some of these guys were, that were doing tricks for you you could tell they've been using this one deck from, you know for <laughs> 10 years and it was only you know uh, about half the cards were there and, In uh, Russia, we and a, cards. <laughs> yeah and to give them a new deck it's like oh my god you know um so that was really really memorable
0: Well, actually, you know what? Uh, Let's verify that story. Uh, Let's talk to the guy who, uh, Gary Bueller himself. He also is uh, responsible for Marvin's Magic Theater out in Palm Springs. It's Gary Bueller, everybody.
1: Hey, Michael. Hi, Gary. How are you? How are are you, you, my friend? Good to see you. You I got an idea. Gary was my, he married Hannah and I.
0: That's what I heard. You actually officiated your wedding, right? That's your
1: fault. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gary, what was it like officiating the wedding between Michael and Hannah? First of all, I su- assumed you checked her age. Well, I, I never got paid for it,
3: so I kind of put it out of my mind. I think you would be like $5 for the wedding. We never got, we never got the money. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking, uh, why don't you go to the Russian consulate, get a visa, we'll go back to Russia.
1: You're really good wow. at getting visas at the consulate. Tell that oh, story. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was you know it's funny. So it was we were leaving on a Saturday, and the and the the visas hadn't come through yet. It was Friday, and I was lecturing in Baltimore Friday night. It's like I'm I'll I'll drive down Friday, and I'll I'll push these visas through. And uh, and it was uh, I thought it'd be easy to find this place, but it was really hard to find it. And, um, and it, I was running out of time and finally, oh, that's the Russian place right there. <laughs> so I was, they had like a circular driveway. So I zoomed in and jumped out of the car and, and some guy was walking in uh, and I ran up and I caught the door and I, and I went on in, which turned out to be you know, it was like a very secure thing. You had to get cleared to go in. So as soon as I went in, two guards kind of grabbed me and pinned me against the wall. Was like, I just want a visa. I just want a visa. And, uh, and it turned out that wasn't the visa place. This was the embassy, right? And they go, oh, you're just an idiot. Okay, so you go down here. And they told me where the the the, the place was. Okay, gosh. And so I leave. And as I'm getting in my car, there's some guy standing there. And he goes, hey, that's a nice car for a rental. Uh, yeah yeah so uh, anyway so the other place it's down here in the Eagles, yeah yeah you go over there and as I'm driving away I'm thinking that guy's probably like the FBI or something like that <laughs> you know and I just, and, but I didn't think much about it. A year later though, uh, uh, one year later, uh, sitting in my um, home in, in Austin some guys, Coming down the driveway, looks all official. And it's like, okay, Hannah, get rid of this guy. I don't know what this this is all about. And she comes back into the kitchen. And goes, it's the FBI. <laughs> the FBI. Oh, oh, gosh! And so I go out, and it was all like, FBI. Okay, you know. Goes. So, do you have anything you want to tell me? No, <laughs> you know, just, you know uh, I mean, they're just uh, leave the door wide open. Goes, yes, as a matter of fact, I rob banks. You know? um, but uh, eventually he says, uh, OK, he takes out a paper. He says, OK, last May, you know, you rented a car in Philadelphia and uh, you used a, a Texas address and a West Virginia credit card, and you drove to the Russian embassy and you went inside the (laughs) Russian embassy. You mind telling us what you have to say to the Russians? (laughs) Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I'm just like, I'm I'm, I'm a little too relieved. Uh, And I think, okay, I got to explain what this is about. Oh, you know what I thought you were here for? And and I had a, a sheet of uh, uh, an uncut bills, and I was doing the mismade bill. <laughs> I thought you were here about this. And I take this to the paper. <laughs> <And>, <laughs> I, I thought, thought it was about this. About. And the guy goes, No, that's the Secret Service. <laughs> makes it, like, well, it's a trick, it's a magic trick. <laughs> oh, that's right. But yeah, so it took him a year uh to follow up on it. and he says well i'm you know and i showed him the genie magazine and did some matching for him and eventually he said oh, okay yeah you just cleared up a few questions we had down at the office and uh, <laughs> geez almighty <laughs> i said but you know uh, i tell you the guy that you may want to look into his name's mike maxwell uh, we l
0: I heard that had a lot of uh, was not so smooth. And I I know the first thing that happened is you guys got off the plane expecting to go to the hotel and there was no hotel.
1: Yeah, it was the whole trip, And, you know, Gary, once we ended up in the hotel, it was wonderful. uh, Gary, (laughs) such a nice attitude because it wasn't a great hotel. You know, um, all but right. but you walk into the you walk in the room, and go, wow, I love this. This is great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, what a great attitude! You know, this guy's paying thousands of dollars to get us here. You know, and and, and he's he's loving this this these very sparse, uh, you know, conditions we're in. Oh, what but, fun you know? we had! And Gary, we oh, were
0: talking before about I, at the end of Michael's lecture, first of all, you had, oh. how many people showed up to this thing? I, I heard you didn't expect that many, but you got way more magicians than you bargained for it.
1: Oh, there may have been 300 magicians. Uh, oh, there were easy that, yeah. Yeah. On that first I mean, day, there were. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And, you know, my, my most vivid memory of the thing <laughs> is I did the card on ceiling. You know, and at the school, this was clearly the first time they'd ever seen this effect. You know, <laughs> and it was like the perfect high ceiling. Uh, you know, to where wow, and uh, uh, and there was silence, <laughs> and then and then this, you know, great. You know, uh, they do this rhythmic uh, applause thing, and it's like. <sighs> like, wow, I, I am so happy we have this on video. <laughs> just then, Mike Maxwell taps me on the shoulder. Yeah. He goes, you have to do it again. <laughs> do it again? <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, the battery was dead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that was, yeah, was just one of the, one well, of the reasons I wanted it. Mike, the one that I was thinking my, the
3: card on the ceiling, we had gone to a school.
1: And we were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. children.
3: And you did the card on ceiling, but the paint was so dusty that the card wouldn't stick. It wouldn't you stick. Remember, and you're throwing it up, and the deck is falling I, I, back I'm down. trying.
1: and I said, I'll try it again. And you and can't try it R- over T- there. Down down over there.
3: <laughs> right, right. So it, just, and the kids are looking at you like, what the hell is he doing? This
0: it's bad do it. yeah. for the wax, though. The wax is so strong, it takes the paint off the ceiling.
1: Right it it, it, it it there was so much dust on there that wax wasn't going to work. It, wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't going to work. Again. Finally you yeah. threw it
3: up against the window. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but I t- you know I tell you what Mike uh did a few tricks uh for the kids yeah. as well and 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 probably got the best reception. You know yeah. uh, because he was doing stuff there was you know kid Joe stuff and then you know and I
3: Well he did the paper balls to, over the
1: head which yeah, they had never and, seen there. Yeah, he did a great job uh, with that. Uh, but it was interesting, this elementary school had like a bomb bunker uh, yeah. oh <laughs> out God. front. And it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are ready. You know? Yeah. And, I mean,
0: uh, you, we went there and I believe it was 1990. So this is like the height of the Cold War. The Soviet Union is still going strong. Was there fear going over that something could go wrong? Or did you guys feel pretty safe the whole time?
1: Uh, I think we felt pretty safe most of the time. Um but you guys didn't didn't uh you guys run into the KB, KGB? Yeah, we did at some one, point.
3: One, and yeah. and well, they, they thought, followed us all over the place. Yeah.
1: And it, yeah. It, it was
3: nineteen eighty nine. The Iron, Iron Curtain had not really gone up yet. No, we it wasn't crawled underneath it as it was going up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the KGB, they were watching all of our moves. We'd be in a
1: restaurant eating. They'd be over there watching us, and wow. uh, and the elevators. You know, we're in the and and he's, wait a minute. That's a, that's a camera. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was like a little yeah. secret camera in the in the elevator. They're watching us right now. You know, it's yeah. They probably wondered. What one we like, one, oh. one
3: story I remember really well, and I'll let you tell it, but. You were doing a lecture and you were doing the rubber bands and whatnot. And there must have been, it had to be 200 people at the lecture. It was a pretty big hall. And so you said, We have some gifts for you. If you would go out, get in the hallway, line up, form a line. I'd like to meet each and every one of you, shake your hand, and give you a gift. Well, the American Playing Card Company had given us a bunch of cards. Well, like we saw over there, a deck of cards. It's worth a fortune. Back in yeah. 1989, so when they found out it was a, cards they were getting, and there are lines. Normally, by the, if you were at the end of the line, there was nothing there when you
1: when you got. Right, there. we didn't right. realize that over there. This, telling them to stand in line and wait for, for what you're you're going to get was just <laughs> like saying you ain't going to get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've fallen for that trick many times before. Right, right. And so well, as I, so I, I, was I was remember it,
3: Mike. You were back, kind of organizing things. I was moving things around, and you were shaking hands. And the table started coming in. And I said, "Mike, get up! We got to get out of here. You're going to get crushed. The table's going to crush against the, the wall." And you said, "Tell them to get back."
1: And I said, <laughs> "I don't
3: freaking speak Russian."
1: <laughs> and we jumped up on the table, and, and we actually no, jumped but, into the but, but the the kicker there was my my great idea was let's just throw them some, some cards, you know? And, and so he got a big handful of these decks and, and threw them out. And that was a riot, a riot. And, and, and so, yeah, we were trying to climb over the table we were. To, to get out of there. And they're like shoving this table out of the way to, to get at these decks. And we're like surfing this, this, it was just amazing, you know. Uh, what a memorable experience! And but, but all thanks to you, my friend. Uh, you well, know, you well, really, you really made it happen. Well, how's your
3: lovely wife? Where is she? Is she around the corner? Can she? step <laughs> I wish she was.
1: That uh, she she broke quarantine today. You know, uh, one of our neighbors has a place uh, on Amory Island, and so they went to to Amory Island uh, for the day. Well, hopefully so, she's
3: watching you there. Uh,
1: probably not. <laughs> 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 probably not. <laughs> she's having fun. Yeah, I would like uh, to think though that you
0: guys went over uh right before the Soviet Union disbanded. So I'd like to think that you guys had a part in that. That they saw your magic and were like, we need to open up to the West.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd like to think that's true. You know, <laughs> but we saw some great magic uh, over there. You know, there there was some really, you know, over there. It's like if you are sponsored by the state mm-hmm. you're on the same level as, as the ballet and all this stuff so the artists that they get behind you know they train them and they give them costumes and music and and just really fully develop Galena uh, and oh Veronin. uh, we met there who is uh, still he's performing in the u.s here Uh and uh, a lot of what he's doing now he was doing uh, back in 1990 Uh, Mm -hmm. and it was just really well-developed stuff they're trained by the russian circus and you know it was taken as seriously as any of their art forms um and Gary, Very do you have any
0: you'd like to share about Michael while we have you? Say again. Are there, are there any other f- fun stories you'd like to share about Michael, or, or, or kind words you'd like to say about? Well, uh, other than I, I, I,
3: so I, I love you, Mike, and and thanks wow. what you've done to the uh, to the community of magic, and I'm just going to continue reading my book. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, <laughs> Mike. That's a fantastic plug. That's a good <laughs> shot too.
1: <laughs> now, Gary, you. Um, What's the church that that uh, you were, like the Church of Light, or something? Oh, like what that? was that?
3: It was the. Uh, Is it the Universal Life Church? Universal Life Church, yeah.
1: Right, and so at the time, and I remember telling you after we got married, I said, "Now I'll, I'll let you know if we need you to come and turn the light out." But I think I think it's going to work, you know. Right.
3: Well, yeah. Well, I had married a, a, I married uh, Tom and Steve just
1: before that. That was night. a memorable. That was a memorable <laughs> wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thomas Steve Mullica, you know, Jay Marshall was there. And uh if you recall, uh, during the ceremony, somebody's phone went off. It was my phone. It was your phone? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, yeah. And Jay Marshall <laughs> said, You better answer. It might be God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Right. And Gary, you've you seen Michael. Like the fact that Michael can go to Russia and teach a bunch of Russian magicians and blow them away. What do you think about? What do you think it is about Michael that makes him so universally appealing?
3: Oh, I. You know what I think it is. I think I it's, really <laughs> <interesting>. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's his love for magic and his love for perfection, and and, it's oh, just, and he just and his love to share it.
1: Yeah, and, that's true. I mean, I really, really. Love sharing it with other magicians, you know? You, you,
3: you have a passion
1: for it. It's just, it's wonderful. Oh, thank you, Gary. I got to come out and see your theater, man. You come know, on. The,
0: the Marvin's Magic Theater, it's marvinsmagictheater.com. Do you know, are there any plans to reopen sooner? I guess it's kind of up to California.
3: You know, who knows? You know, it's a theater and, and theaters are going to be tough. Gosh. Yeah. Boy, you know, timing. We had a good run. Well, Harrison, you were there.
0: Oh my God. It's one of my favorite places I've ever performed. It's beautiful. It's built really perfectly for magic. Uh, wow. Hobson is amazing, obviously. And, and what uh, Gary has done with the space, it's it's a beautiful tribute to Marvin. There's a beautiful, there's a magical entrance. It's just, it's just a, a a gem.
1: I love that. I, I you it's know, fun. I would, you know, if, if they open the castle again, you know, they said when they open back up, they'll have us back out to perform the uh, Spirit cabinet, uh, but I'd love to come and, and do the the theater there. Uh, come do the spirit client. cabinet.
3: You got to do the spirit cabinet at Marvin's. That would be wonderful. Yep. There,
1: there you go. I get 10
0: because I made that happen. Yeah. There
3: <laughs> yeah, you yeah, go.
0: yeah. Uh, I love it, Gary, thank, oh, thank you so you. much for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to check out and support Marvin's Magic Theater, uh, that's the website. Uh, it's Marvin with a Y, M-A-R-V-Y-N-S, magictheater.com. And make sure you uh, follow them. And as soon as they open back up, uh, you'll be the first to know. Gary, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, guys. And we were talking about your international travels. Uh, I heard you were in Shanghai, China as well, uh, not too, uh, not too far in the distant past.
1: Yeah. Oh, I spent a lot of time uh, there last year and um, came really close to opening a a theater uh, right there. Um, You know, it kind of fell apart. I assume in in
0: Wuhan next to the wet market.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the place. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, spent a lot of time in China and uh, really love those guys. Uh, And and they love magic. Uh, You know, the difference. Here, you know, if I go to a lecture uh, in the US, the average age might be 50, 55. You know, you do a lecture in China, the average age might be 25. You know, so it's it's all young guys that are passionate about magic. And uh, yeah, it was really, it's very interesting.
0: And do they, I mean, under the, when you were in the USSR, it, you wrote about how there was that the repression of arts and the people that were state sponsored did well, but you either were state sponsored and amazing or there was nothing. Uh, China seems like it's a little bit different, though, right? It, it feels like they the arts are flourishing a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's not like you'd think it is. It's not like a poor country and 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 the uh, It's it's a really a developed country, uh, you know, most of the stuff is is new. I mean, if you look at a picture of Shanghai in nineteen ninety and the Shanghai night, it's completely different. It's completely different, and um, and and the young guys are are passionate, and they study, and believe me, they they study and they study the U.S. stuff a lot, and mm. you know, they they've had several. Um, well, just about anybody that you can think of. I mean, they've brought them to China and had them do some lectures there. It's really cool. And did you run into any American magicians while you were there in Shanghai? I did. I Rocco was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we went to visit Rocco. Uh, you know, I said, oh, he's at this hotel. And we we're going to the hotel. And there was a bunch of young girls <laughs> uh, huddled up outside the, the uh, hotel. I go, oh, look, Rocco's got some fans. They go, it really is. <laughs> oh, he's like a rock star. Yeah. That's amazing. He's done television here, and they love him. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and Lee Asher. Lee Asher was the, the guy that really opened the door for me uh, in China it was the, the the first real connection. Well, you know what? Let's, Chinese let's, let's
0: uh, ask him ourselves. It's Lee Asher, everybody, coming to us from Canada. It's an international <laughs>
2: How you doing? Ni hao. Ni hao, everybody.
0: Ni hao. <laughs> I like that you're in Toronto, but you're showing off your uh, New York pride.
2: Yeah, listen, listen, I have to represent everyone to the south of where I am. A
0: lot of love in New the York north.
2: The south. But I guess for <laughs> you guys it is. Well, yeah, we, Canada considers America, like, uh, we're the hat for America. So, you guys, are like the, the sweaty bald head, basically. That we're uh, we're 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 wishing you guys well. So that's why I'm wearing this.
0: That's awesome. And Lee, you've yeah. known Michael since you were like 11 years old, right?
2: Yeah, I have. How crazy is that, Michael? Wow, <laughs> does that make you feel younger? Uh, not. That really. means you've known right. Michael
0: for nine years.
2: That seems, right, like, uh, seems like nine and a half. <laughs> nine and a half. No, I'm in my I'm, I'm I'm in my early 40s now, so I've known him. More wow. than
1: half. Of my life. Yeah, yeah. Years ago.
2: Yeah, when I was uh, when I was 11 years old, it was at a it was probably at a Florida State Magic Convention. Florida State Magic Convention it was. Yeah. And I I, I asked you if uh, if you could teach me the wand spin, and you know when you ask someone that, that's you know you don't learn that in in two minutes, and so uh, yeah, you know I asked for a minute, and you gave me basically 10 minutes, you know, and it was great. And uh, you, you I remember. Do that, you do that everywhere you go. You know, it just wasn't for me. You know, I just happened to be one of the many recipients that you've done that for. So uh, that's, well, that's tell one you of the what, things a, that I love about you.
1: When, a, when an 11 year old kid comes up and asks to learn uh, the wand spins, okay, this kid's serious. Okay, this, this, this kid, he, he's, he's asking the right questions. Uh, you know, I had no doubt that you were going to be one of the the great uh, magicians. And, Thank you. Uh, it was that twenty dollars I
2: handed you to? Right? It was like, hey, come yeah. <laughs> get
1: that wand spin, yeah. is that
2: cool. And now that? I'm
1: learning <laughs> from you, big guy. I tell you, it's uh, was it hard you know. teaching uh, a lefty? Was that hard? Because
2: uh, Lee is famously left-handed. But yeah. I probably learned it out of my right hand. You know? Um, that, yeah, I think you learned it from card my Right? Magic. Hand. right mm-hmm. That's that's not uh, card magic. i a lefty, Harrison.
0: Gotcha. I'm a lefty as well, so I'm I'm always happy when I when I'm watching a video. The, the beauty of Michael Mar's your video was a right-handed person, but it was in slow motion, so I could flip it in my head. Um, yeah. But often there's somebody just showing it completely backwards, and even in my magic books, I'd have to sort of cross out mentally in my head every word and and reverse
1: it. Well, uh, you know, I just uh, it must have been. Just a week ago, I uh, got in touch with Lee and was asking for some advice on uh, some decks of cards. You know, the TCC, uh, the company in China, is producing some decks for me, and um, and so I got in touch with Lee. I said, "Okay, I, I, how do I make this really special?" Um, and it, all all the tips that you gave me, I uh, sent them to this guy. And says, "Okay, I talked to the designer." Um, so yeah, I mean.
2: Good. Make you sure that
1: stuff.
2: uh, make sure that you send that uh, the copies to my house, and uh, no, I you, appreciate. You. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. i You'll kidding.
1: be on the gift. <laughs> days, man.
2: No worries. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> but Michael, what's that like? I mean, you've been such an inspiration to so many magicians, and now those some of those magicians have grown up and become inspirations to others. What what is that like? Seeing sort of what your work, how how influential it's been.
1: Well, I tell you, it, it's, it's guys like Lee, it's guys like uh, Eric Mead. Uh, we, we see these young guys that you meet <laughs> and you see that they're passionate about it. And then they grow up to be these great magicians. Uh, so anymore, I, I look for these guys now, you know, when these young kids come up to me, I, you know, I, I expect them uh, if they're passionate, I say, OK, I understand you're going to be one of the greats someday so i want to pay attention you know and then give whatever i can because you know uh, you set a good standard uh, lee
2: thank you thank you yeah. I, I thought i was lowering standards
1: but I, I appreciate <laughs> it. no my friend no, no.
2: know I, I just want to shout out to everyone in the forum everyone's saying my name and hey thank you guys it's great seeing all of you there's too many to, to say hello to but know that i love you guys so and
0: somebody's you, uh, standing with photos of you competing at an ibm convention junior
2: division so i See
0: I, thought they were I'm sure photos. <laughs>
2: I thought those were the other photos you were talking about. I'm so glad you said uh, competing. <laughs>
1: Hi, Mona. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, and
0: a shout out, by the way, to your dad, Mark uh, Horowitz, who might have the best mustache. I, I mean, what a mustache. Oh,
1: he's sports. The, he, he really wears
2: it. <laughs> he's the Raleigh fingers of Tom Selleck's there. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and Michael, and, did you know Mark first and then that's how you met Lee? Was there sort of a
1: familial connection? Uh, it was more at the convention. So it's, I I probably met Mark at the same time I I met Lee.
2: Right. And it was probably, here's, here's a blast from your past, Michael. It was probably through Hal Rudin because Hal Rudin was- uh, From
1: West Virginia.
2: That's right. Hal's original roots. Right. He was up there with you and then he retired and moved to Florida. And that's where my father met him. And obviously that's where I met him. And when you came to town, he was very proud of you because, you, you know, you were a fellow West Virginian. And, uh, yeah, that's how I, that's nice basically how I got cut through the lines and, and get that 10 minutes with you to learn that that wants been.
1: Yeah, what a nice guy he was. You know? He was wonderful.
2: He was wonderful. Yeah. He gave me my
1: first set
2: of, uh, Liberty halves. I still have them. And, you know, he like, yeah, I have very, very fond memories of Hal Rubin. And my father probably has even more fond memories.
1: Yeah, he, he used to do the, the, the lighter and the handkerchief, uh, a bunch of stuff that, um, uh, I tell you who really changed his life a bit was Tom Molica. Yeah, uh, that's right. Did you know that he he got to know Tom Molica and Tom's the one that convinced him to quit wearing the toupee and and just be himself and yeah, that was really neat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that connection. That's how to answer your question Harrison. We connected probably through this man named Hal Rudin.
0: Yeah. And I heard you guys grew close enough that at a certain person's bachelor party,
2: another certain person might have uh, been present. Well, Michael was Michael was a, a surprise guest at my bachelor party. I had this. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, this no, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to. Yeah, tell You don't have to share all the uh, crazy details, but whatever you're happy. to tell Just <laughs> know that it was it was a seven day party. Holy moly! And, we're and right here and, for the seven days spent? No, no, it wasn't do you remember. I don't want you to think it was seven consecutive days we stayed for. It wasn't that kind of party. It was just literally seven days of debauchery, you know, before I get married, kind of. Yes, I'm not going to say anymore, man. I'm sorry. The do you, what happens do you the bachelor party stays at the bachelor party. But Michael, well, do you Michael, remember Michael, how they yeah. sprung me on you? Yeah, we were at an Italian restaurant. And I mean, people from all over the world, David Stone flew in for this. This was at Aaron Fisher's house in uh, Sacramento. And yeah, so we're sitting in an Italian restaurant, and Aaron's like, "Okay, we have uh, one, one more, one more surprise," and and in walks Michael, and it was no, great. No,
1: no, no. They they said the the waiter came in and and said, uh, "You know, there's a magician performing." Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so good. There's, there's, some there's a popper magician.
2: Oh, this
1: will be this will be grand. Let's have I a remember, I remember I remember leaning
2: over this. to Aaron. I remember leaning <laughs> over to Aaron and saying. Who did you talk into doing this? This, this, was, this was a serious room, right? This is a serious room of cardmen, And all of a sudden, you know, uh, there's going to be a walk around. Okay. Ooh. Oh, and Thank it, God it was Michael Lamar. Could you imagine if it was
0: just a 20-year-old kid still in college? Right, right. Like,
2: man, it was, but it was great. It was really great. And the next day, then uh, Adam Fleischer showed up. So like, yes, you know, he did. It was it was the closest thing to a brainstorm in the Bahamas. It was fantastic. It, it was wonderful.
1: It was wonderful. Yeah, it, it was, we didn't write a book, though. We didn't write a book. It was a wonderful experience.
0: Here's, here's the picture I found of uh, Michael and Adam uh, writing for the Magical Arts Journal. I don't know who did those caricatures or, or those, those sketches, but those are wonderful time capsules of 1986, the year I was born, after, <laughs> a month after this came out.
1: The Magical Arts Journal. Wow. Yeah. You know the the style there was supposed to be like the Wall Street Journal, you know, just little uh, you know dotty sketches uh, of of the person, um, but yeah, you know, we had we had high ideals uh, at the time. Oh, that's
0: awesome! People in the comments keep bringing up the uh, the Magical Arts Journal, so it definitely uh, was was hugely influential to a lot of the people who are watching right now. Uh, Lee, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Um.
2: You know what? There's a really cool documentary. I got to follow Michael for a couple of days on a lecture tour in the Pacific Northwest many years ago. It's still up on YouTube. If you just type in lecture tour, Michael Lamar, Pacific Northwest, Lee Asher, slash 52, hyphen. No, I'm kidding. Just go to Google or YouTube and type in Michael Lamar lecture tour. You'll scroll through some videos because I'm sure we're not the first and watch it. Watch it. It's two parts. And That's there's well a really fantastic, there's a really fantastic part. It was not meant to be. I just grabbed the camera and filmed, and there was a guy that that said to Michael that he had saved his life. You know, he was uh, wow. he was shot. He was shot. He was in the hospital. He had to relearn how to like walk, and he didn't have the will to live. And he got some of these videos and started learning some magic and doing magic for people in the ward where he was, and it changed his life. And and to be able to capture that kind of moment on camera yeah. was wow. spectacular. So yeah, was I, I suggest I suggest everyone go check that out. And uh, also, everyone go to my Instagram and follow Lee Asher Magic.
0: Yeah, I put the YouTube link to part one. I managed oh, to right find right it in right record time. Right. The so there you go. So. It's burned in. Uh, that's the first part. There's two parts on YouTube. It's Lee Asher's YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, stay safe there in Canada. Thank you, man. And uh,
2: thank thanks for you. being our hat. Thanks. Thank yeah. you, guys. Love you, Mike. You know, I like you. For you, the buddy. opportunity. And uh, everyone you. in the, in the chat you. room, stay safe. Be well. Thanks so much, Lee Asher, everybody. We are uh, coming up towards
0: the end of the show, which is when we try to ask as many questions as we can from the audience. So if you have a question for Michael Lamar, make sure you send it over to the chat. My window is on the right side. I don't know where yours is, it might be below, but make sure you send in those questions. Um, We had a question from Michael, uh, I believe it is Pilkey. Uh, He asked about, let's pull it up the exact, there it is. I heard a story once that Michael nearly missed a flight at an airport because of card on ceiling. Can you either confirm or deny Michael Pilkey's comment?
1: Ah, yeah, boy. That was, you know, it was actually a good idea in theory. They all start as good ideas. (laughs) Right, it it, it was great on paper. The, The idea was if you put the same card on all the airport ceilings, then everybody that flies will be able to like force that card and uh, make it disappear and say, okay, it's already at the airport. Uh, and uh, you know, and you say, okay, tell me where your connection flight is. Okay, I'll send it there too. You know, and go look at it here. And so I'd already had it on seven or eight airport ceilings. And it was after the Joe Stevens uh, filming, uh, the video I did for him. And, and Roger Klaus was taking me to the airport. And um, uh, you know, we're kind of in a hurry, and I, oh wait, I, you know what? I, I don't know when I'm going to be in this airport again. Let me let me put this card on the ceiling here, and um, and Roger said, "Whoa, whoa, not not here!" You know, there's there's like five security guards <laughs> sitting <Right>. over <laughs> here, you, and, throwing you know, things at the ceiling, <laughs> right? And and I was so naive. I was like, "Roger, they love this trick, you know, And uh, so I put the card on the ceiling. And uh, we're looking at it, and one of these guys walks over and goes, "What is that? It's the seven of spades, <laughs> you know." And, and he goes, "How long does that stay up there? You know, it never comes down. <laughs> it never comes down, never." <laughs> <laughs> Wait right here, <laughs> you know. And he walks over, he makes a phone call, comes back, and says, "You're under arrest for defacing public property." And starts reading me my rights <laughs> uh, I, I, it's like whoa wait a minute wait a minute and i you know i've taken out this uh, no it's it's just wax you know i put a little yeah. wax on it, <laughs> it I, comes I, like I, I, <laughs> I do the spread control and then uh, you know it's easy you know and, and um and uh you know it was starting to look pretty serious and uh and finally roger steps in and Goes, wait wait hold on what if we take the card down right <laughs> and he says, you can take the card down." we can take the car down. Now it was, it was a high ceiling. Uh, so it's not like you're just going to knock it down. Uh, uh, but he says, we'll, we'll get it down. Let the kid catch his plane. And, uh, you know, and we'll take it down. This is, this is 1985, 35 years ago. And, um, you know, to hear Roger tell it, it was, they had to build a scaffolding. <laughs> you know, It was like a two hour process to get this. Oh car down. And, uh, but that really put the fear in me. I, uh, uh, I actually quit doing it for a while after that, uh, thinking that you know I had no I had no idea that 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 this would be a problem. You know, I'm thinking Max Molini, you know, uh, doing the card stab on this beautiful antique table. Tell uh, them right. Max Mellini was here. You know, <laughs> and, like, no, no, some people take it pretty serious, um, and. Uh, it was maybe a year or so before I had the nerve to do it again. And it was in some really beautiful home. This, uh, and, and, and I asked the guy, I said, do you, do you mind if I put a card on the ceiling? Uh, you know, it's one of these tricks. No, no, I'd love it. And so I put the card on the ceiling. And uh, I go back like three years later. You know, and I'm telling him, wouldn't it be cool if this card's still on this guy's ceiling? Because he's got all this beautiful art everywhere. Wouldn't it be great if that card is still up on the ceiling? And uh, the guy had taken a picture frame and put it around the card (laughs) on the ceiling. (laughs) And he says, the best conversation piece I've got, you know. So that was, um, but yeah, no. Yeah, almost getting arrested for the card on ceiling. That was you know, that was a That's lesson. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Don't do it when the security guards are around.
0: <laughs> what is? Is there any other crazy places you put a card on ceiling that people should know about?
1: I put one on the Louvre uh, ceiling uh, <laughs> in, in the mid 80s. And this was a really high ceiling. It actually took me a couple of tries to, to get it up there. And um, I was with two or three magicians. and uh, And they started taking... A picture of it when it was up there <laughs> and just then like this group of japanese tourists come in and they see these guys taking a picture of this thing so they start taking a, <laughs> a picture of this card on the ceiling and uh as i understand it somebody went 15 years later it was like 2000 uh, and they go no oh, the card's still there the still on the ceiling at the, at the Louvre, you know, so. I wonder uh, if the people who clean
0: the Louvre are worried that they'd be destroying art if they take it down. <laughs> you can't tell,
1: maybe it, it, it's art, I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, you have a piece in the Louvre. That's, how many magicians That's can right. say that? who they can say that?
1: How many can say that? Paris museum. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, I have a question from Matt Roberts, uh, who's a lovely guy. He said, magic in the spectator's hands is so strong, but will probably be obsolete for a while. Do you have any new yeah. approaches in mind?
1: Boy, you know, it's it's a very interesting situation uh, that that we're in, and you know, I know some uh, guys that are doing the virtual magic shows. You know, Koscha Kemlet, uh, right here in, in Orlando, is really yeah. you know doing some beautiful stuff online.
0: Phenomenal, but
1: yeah, is one of my favorites. Um, but um, you know, so so skillful, everything he does, but. Here's my concern. I've thought about it a lot. I mean, what what I like about magic is that that human interaction, that close up. Here it is. You hold this. You shuffle this. This kind of thing, and the idea. You know, when it gets squeezed down into two two dimensions from three, it's it's like part of the soul pops out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, and and I am concerned about the the virtual magic shows in that uh, here's, uh, here's a a way of looking at it. Um, you know, I, I love sushi, right. And I I buy sushi bar, wonderful. Uh, but then I noticed, well, they sell sushi here in the grocery store. You know, uh, we should just uh, buy some of this and take it home and eat it. And uh, I was doing that for a while. And, Eventually, it got to where, you know, sushi is not as good as I thought it was, you know, because I was eating the, the grocery store sushi right. uh, that had been sitting out all day. And it, and it, it just wasn't as good. It's, it looks the same, but it's not, you know, and, and, and I almost gave up on sushi because I thought that was sushi. Uh, now, and then I went to a nice sushi bar again. and Wait a minute. <laughs> no, sushi is still good. It's just different when it's in the right atmosphere, and and you know. So I, I'm just a little concerned that if they see too much magic through Zoom, uh, and it, and it's not going to be the same experience, you know. I'm just they're going to start thinking, well, that's what magic is, uh, when it's not. It, it's it, live. It's different, you know. And I just don't know when. You're going to be able to do that same here. You take the deck, you shuffle it, take a card out, sign it, put it back in. You, you know, um, I just don't know when that's going to be okay again. Boy. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is going to be. You know, but um,
0: hazmat yeah, suits
1: I'm, for everybody. I think yeah.
0: no changes, just everybody in a hazmat suit.
1: Right. And you know, user, user. Lee Escher, uh, Lee <laughs> made a point to me, you know, about the, the virtual shows. He says, how much do they charge for those? Ah, about a fourth, a third, a fourth of what they charge. for. So you're going to have to do three or four times as many of those shows next year to do make the same amount that you're making now. And, and so there's just, there there's things about it that concern me, you know, about it being the same experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I I have I've argued uh, before that if, if about 95% of magic out there is bad, then making it virtual means that at least 95% of it will still be bad.
1: Right, it's not gonna get better.
0: It's not gonna get better by going virtual. So bad better. magicians uh, doing shows by Zoom are still gonna be bad magicians. But it is, you know, I think for the people that rely on this for income, like myself, um, learning how to do it virtually, and, and like Kostra, for example, is another good example trying to maximize this format um, to try to see if you can create new magical experiences. It might not replace the live experience. Nothing can, but perhaps with enough effort and, and study, it, it can do something different and interesting.
1: You just have to rethink it. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking with Kosha, you know, he said, okay, I've spent all day today trying to think of how you could, I can perform without anybody touching anything. You know, without picking a card, without doing this, and without doing that. And again, I, I think, wow, that's, God bless you for putting a thought into <laughs> it. But that's such a, an important part of it, you know, for them to believe what's happening, you know, for them to know that that's their card because they signed it and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, we're, we're going to be in a different world. Yeah. You know. And do you think you're
0: uh, ever going to? I wish
1: I had the right answer. Oh, no, I
0: I don't know if anybody has an answer, but I I do think if anybody can figure one out, you are definitely one of the greatest magic minds out there. But do you think you might do like lectures uh, online as uh, like maybe adapt in that way? Uh,
1: Yeah, actually, as it turns out, uh, teaching online can be as good or, or possibly better because now. Uh, you can say, okay, perform some stuff and send it to me and I'll review it. And then when we get together, we can move the ball forward in a better way. Uh, so there's, there's actually things about that medium for learning that can be really good. And, you know, um, I put together this curriculum, discover magic, uh, uh and, uh, uh, right now, it's being run by uh, Brian South and uh, Michael Rosander, and these guys really do uh, an amazing job. Uh, and and you know, about five thousand kids uh, went through this program last year, and all these presenters—it's a—it's a license that you buy uh, to teach this program, and all these presenters are actually thinking. They're going to do great. They're going to do just as much, maybe more business, you know, doing the magic classes virtually. (laughs) That was a magic trick. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean,
0: (laughs) I think the great magicians of the past have spoken.
1: Well, that's the, you know, I, I was trying to block that window up, and uh, 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 surely this piece of tape will hold this stuff. You know? <laughs> as long as it wasn't Willard,
0: that might have been, that would have been too ominous. <laughs> right. Uh, two, uh, one more, I guess two more questions before we let you go. Uh, and I have so many, you touch it like you perform for the Vatican, you perform for George W. Bush, you've done, uh, is, is it scary performing for the Pope? Is that weird?
1: Oh, I actually did. I got close. I, I was like in, in the ante room and uh, there was stuff going on over here. And, and you know, they were saying it, it was it was a busy, it was like a holy year. Uh, and he, they said, but, we, uh, you know, I knew the one of the lawyers for the Vatican, uh, you know, is was the end. We can get you in to you perform for the Pope. Like, wow, this is amazing. And, and, and so but you have to wait, so you go and 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 if he has a moment, you get to go out and you'll have two minutes uh, <laughs> with the Pope. And and I was there and I was ready to go, but uh, it turns out okay. It looks like it's not going to happen, but uh, uh, but I was I was in spitting distance. What what know? trick
0: were you going to do? Are you going to do a trick
1: in those two minutes? I was going to do coins through the silk. Ooh, uh, coins through the silk because uh, it was something that I had really put a lot of time into at the time and, and knew I could do it without, you know, thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it was, it was well polished and this, okay, I can do this. And even if it's for the Pope, I can do it and, and, <laughs> and, and, and not be worried that, you know, uh, you know. Um, and so, um, I was ready to go and, and close to it. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that was, that was a heck of a thing you know so yeah, said- just a young kid from West Virginia <laughs> <laughs> and, and over there's the Pope and maybe you're going to get to show him this you know oh I tell you another amazing performance I got to perform at uh, the Playmoy Mansion for the uh, Playmate of the Year uh, party and it was just the 12 interfolds and the Playmate of the Year and Hugh Hefner and me in this room, in this little room, it was just a bunch of pillows and one little couch. <laughs> and, and Hugh Hefner and, and his Carrie Lee was his girlfriend at the time and the Playmate of the Year. And, you know, I'm sitting on pillows doing magic uh, for these uh, these women. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, uh, the, the Playmate of the Year looks on and goes, oh, my teddy's on backwards. And she stands up, <laughs> she takes her teddy off, turns it around, puts it back on. <laughs> You know Hugh Hefner leans so he goes. What do you think of that trick? <laughs> then, I like that trick. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a hard one to follow, right?
0: <laughs> and and what is it like? I mean, because like crazy man handcuffs is a as a standard that you popularized, and I believe is yours, right? Uh,
1: I no oh boy, um, Setterington Arthur Setterington was the is the guy that actually came up with the the move, <laughs> but it was a different thing. It was a quick thing. And, uh, you know, and they used to say use different color rubber bands so that they can tell when they come apart. And, um, at the time I was blown away by Richard Ross performing the linking rings because, you know, it'd come right down to the edge and go boom and they would come through and I, it looks like it, he must have special rings that this, happens with. And so I had a chance to meet him and I was telling him, I said, Oh, it was so amazing. You get down there and then, and then it comes apart, you know, uh, my rings just have a big hole in it and, you know, Oh, I was acting. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you were acting. Ah, that's very good. That's very good. And so with this rubber band thing, uh, you know, I started, you know what, You can hold those together and they can't tell if they're together or not. Now, what if you just acted like they're still together and then you say, okay, now watch, boom. And now they could just melt through each other. And then just that little little difference, you know, of of just continue to act like they're together because they can't tell. And then act <laughs> like it's just happening, and and that made it a different trick. That made it. And a different what does trick. it
0: feel like to see so many people doing that trick? I mean, it's 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 such a standard now, where I, there's so many people doing close up, and that's a, you know a go to miracle because it is such a great trick. And
1: uh, that's, yeah, that's it was impressive. interesting uh, to see that become um, part of so many repertoires, um, and. Um, yeah, once I started seeing guys wearing rubber bands on their wrists and, and <laughs> yeah. became, it's like okay, you know what, I'm gonna. That's your I'm gonna, fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on the shelf uh, for a while, and I didn't do it for uh, almost ten years because, you know, everybody was doing it, uh, but I started doing it again you know, maybe four or five years ago, and it's like wow, this this is still a great trick. Yeah. Uh, And and it got to where uh, somebody who learned it is teaching it and then that person is teaching it. And, you know, it was clear that a lot of guys weren't fully understanding what made it a great trick, you know, because they're, you know, doing it quick and they're hurrying and they're, you know, it's like, no, if you do it slow and you let them watch and you get way ahead, you know, and then you act. It's a different trick, you know. It, it it's it's very magical, and and people would say, "I saw them melt through each other. How's yeah. that possible?" <laughs> and and it's because when they're looking at it, they see what they expect to see. They they see them together, and if you do it slow, well, in their mind, it's it's visually melting through. And if you really kind of play on that, uh, you know, it, it's one of the really great, almost optical illusion effects, you know, based on just, you know, they can't tell, you know. So if you don't rush it and you slow it down and then you know, do that whole uh, Richard Ross acting thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like a, it looks like a miracle.
0: Oh my gosh, I I could literally stay on this and and do this for hours, but I I do wanna wrap this up uh, in a timely fashion. Um, But the final question that I ask everybody on the show is uh, there's a lot of young magicians who are tuning in. This is through the uh, International Brotherhood of Magicians. There are a lot of people who are just getting started. What advice would you give to a young magician who's watching the show right now?
1: Well, uh, perform as often as you can. You'll you'll learn more from performing than practicing for a week. You know, one show you learn more than practicing for a week or, or thinking about it for a month, you know? So so perform as often as you can, and then think about it after, you know? Now, what worked? What what didn't work? You know, what, what could I do better next time? And, you know, if, if you really try and milk every performance for what you can learn from it, you know, there, there's no better way to get better or quicker.
0: That's awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for, wa- for for joining us, and thank you to everybody who's been watching. If you'd like to uh, follow Michael, michaelmarmagic.com. There's a lot of great things that you can get on that website. Um, make sure you support Michael. Uh, and thank oh, you. One, so final
1: much. Thought, uh, w- one final thought. One final thought here, This the, these guys that are producing these decks, uh, TCC. Yes. Um, uh, Where they're producing a set of Linking Rings me a beautiful they're, they're really a wonderful uh company uh and we're going to put it out on kickstarter in about a month you know because we're not sure how many people want rings and stuff like that and that just gives you a, an idea of how many to produce you know and um so yeah that's that's going to be the next thing i'll do is this this these decks of cards and uh the linking rings uh, in about a month
0: I will put that up right now. Uh, make sure you watch for the Kickstarter uh, for the TCC Linking Rings and Cards with Michael Amar. If you just go to Kickstarter, if you're watching this uh, episode a month from uh, its debut date, it's probably already on Kickstarter. So just go, uh, <laughs> right. go to Michael Amar's name, TCC Linking Rings or Cards, and you will find it. Support that. Michael, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Man, and
1: you're
0: wonderful. 12 year old me knew that I'd be essentially making a video with the guy who was in all the videos that I was
1: watching at the times he would
0: lose his mind. So I I can't oh, think.
1: No. I love that. I love that. It sure was wonderful to see you perform at the Genie Convention. You, you blew me away, big guy.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I loved it. it. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon.
1: Take care, man. I loved it.
0: Thanks so much. Michael Lamar, everybody. That was amazing. Uh, he's a phenomenal guy with phenomenal stories. Uh, huge thank you to our surprise guest, Gary Bueller, who, uh who is part of the Marvin's Magic Theater. So make sure you check out marvinsmagictheater.com. And Lee Asher, uh, so great to have him. He's known Michael since he was 11 years old. So cool. Um, and of course, a gigantic thank you to Michael Lamar and uh we could not do the show without him obviously and he's just such an incredible magician so make sure you check out the kickstarter as well as michaelamarmagic.com a huge thank you to the international brotherhood of magicians the ibm uh, alexander the president who's been uh, so supportive the whole organization which has been supportive um so make sure you uh, join the ibmmagician.org Slash join the IBM, slash join. You can follow me on Twitter at Harrison Comedy. You can follow me every Monday, Wednesday here. Who Books That? We have new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, except for this Monday. It's Memorial Day weekend. But on Wednesday, next Wednesday, a week from today, it's Larry Wilmore. That's going to be an incredible interview. You will not want to miss it. So make sure you watch that and catch up on the old episodes on Apple Music. Visit whobooksthat.com for all the old episodes, as well as a link to Apple Music so you can download it as a podcast. My name is Harrison Greenbaum. Thank you guys so much so much for watching all over the world thank you david and michael and ian uh the great dal sanders out in texas thank you so much for watching stephen lee mark literally everybody thank you so much for tuning in uh you're the reason that we get to do this show uh thank you so much and we'll see you next wednesday with larry wilmore that's been who books that everybody